Hello and welcome to the WaspCast, the NFL Preview 2015. We are now in our fourth division, and now I have finally realized that because we never actually put the podcast out when I say the date is, I've stopped doing that. You know, you, you learn. Today we're going to be covering the AFC West, wherein bias is everywhere because I am a Raiders fan. The two people next to me uh, hate the Chargers, and you know, life will, will, will make things quite interesting. We'll have to try to keep the bias for these teams to a bit of a minimum. So joining me as always is Kevin Bush. Kevin, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. How are you? Going great. Although I'm not really looking forward to what you guys have to say about the Raiders today. <laughs> <laughs> and and also joining me is Nick Casamessa. Nick, how's it going? Uh, a lot better than RG3 is going right now. <laughs> <laughs> apparently just got a head injury of Sonny Bono in proportions. <laughs> so recording this on Thursday night, wow. and, and the uh, and the uh, yeah, and RG3 just got a uh, what was pre- was currently labeled a stinger and possible head injury. I'm not reveling in another person's misery. Don't get me wrong. No. <laughs> but but we are you are reveling in so, uh, in the misery of someone who's probably not going to be playing football next year. I hate oh no, he, they picked up his option. Never mind. He's yeah. the only gonna play. For, he's gonna play for two more years. It's the Redskins. I don't like not him. Right. Um, the the Washington professional football sorry, team. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that that's another R word you can't say. Right. You know. <laughs> anyways, so we're gonna be talking about the AFC West today. That's we're gonna wrap up our AFC coverage really quick by kind of looking at what our projections were for the previous three discussions and see what we kind of think the division winners are going to be. We might have a separate section at the very end to say who we actually think is going to make the playoffs, but this is just based off the projections we have. But we're going to cover the West first before we actually do that. So the AFC West is playing the two Norths, the AFC North and the NFC North this That's year. That's brutal. That's five playoff teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, like, this is any different from last season, though. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you play the AFC East and the NFC West, like, granted, the Niners were not the way they were last year. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We haven't... Wait, you're talking about last year or this year? Because last there's two year they weren't very good. This year they've yeah. just collapsed. They just totally fell apart. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but we're not this year. Yeah, not any easier. We have three teams that made the playoffs uh, from the AFC North and two, two from the NFC North. The Packers and the Lions. Oh yeah, I forget the Lions actually made the playoffs because then they got completely hosed by the NFL. In... Shit's rigged. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay because they got back in them because the Dallas Cowboys is less of a team that gets ratings than the Green Bay Packers. I guess. Anyway. Yeah. Conspiracy theories for another time. But let's talk about a team that got its shit kicked in in the playoffs by a team that then proceeded to get its shit kicked in in the AFC Championship, the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos went 12-4, and lost in the divisional round to the Indianapolis Colts, who played the Bengals, which is kind of like saying they also had a bye to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the other opponents they're going to be playing are going to be playing the Colts again, which I'm sure is going to get that marquee, you know, oh, rematch of the divisional round setting. Meh. I guess, because it'll be like week nine when it happens. And they're going to play the New England Patriots at home. So this year's headline seems kind of obvious because... Um, you know, they are in win-now mode, and everything kind of revolves around the uh, rickety remains that is Peyton Manning. Now, this isn't to say that Peyton Manning isn't still good, but they've been making it clear in articles from numerous sources that they're going to try to use Peyton Manning in in the best way they possibly can, which is certainly not the way they were talking about him. You know, two years ago when he broke the single season touchdown record. Yeah, now the best way to use him is Papa John's commercials. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so here, so here's my first question. You know, is it do we're we're not expecting that this is going to be the same Peyton Manning we've seen the last two years in Denver, right? 
Well, it's a it's a whole new offense. It's a whole new everything. Gary Kubiak's coming over. Gary Kubiak has never been someone who's been heavily reliant on the quarterback. He's been someone who can get a thousand yards out of anybody. And it, his offense has pretty much always been predicated on the running game. I know Schaub led the NFL in passing yards one year, but mostly it was the Arian Foster show mm-hmm. in in Houston. Mostly it was the Justin Forsett show in Baltimore last year. Yeah. I think this year it'll be the C.J. Anderson show. And Peyton Manning will do a really good job of doing what Tony Romo did last year. Well, yeah, I... Well, that that had the help of yeah, exactly. C.J. Anderson and the best offensive line in the league. Yeah, but <clears throat> that all said, I mean, it was very well, clear well, you're that calling Denver the best offensive. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that in case of Dallas, they have uh, the best uh, offensive line. C.J. Anderson too. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. So, but so I guess Nick, I'll ask this. I expect Denver to regress, and that's not that's me trying to say this objectively, like because their quarterback's going to be worse, and C.J. Anderson's been great and all, but uh, you know. The second straight year of a difficult schedule, do you think Denver is going to be worse than they were last year? It's really hard to say, um, obviously, because who can make any predictions with 100% accuracy? <laughs> yeah. say, I think it's interesting about C.J. Anderson. I see a lot of Monty Ball in him. Like mm. the year prior when No John Marino was kind of banged up and Monty mm. Ball took the helm, he and C.J. Anderson averaged the same number of yards per carry. Like uh, Monty Ball two years ago, C.J. Anderson last year mm-hmm. towards the end of the season. C.J. Anderson got put into the game. Uh, got put in when they were starting to play more cupcakey type of teams last se- last mm-hmm. season. Also, like yeah. minus like the, the Chiefs, which were playing well on defense, and then even then it was kind of a narrow victory. And C.J. Anderson did well last year, but I just don't. I'm still kind of gun or was it trigger shy? Gun, gun, shy. gun shy about trusting a running game in Denver right now. You know, like we have. We'll see what happens as the season develops. Obviously, I think Peyton Manning. Is missing a few targets of left, obviously. Yeah, well, they you know, lost, he lost obviously. Julius Thomas. He did, and they got Owen Daniels, who is. We'll see if that's an adequate replacement, you know. But I don't, I don't know. I think that Peyton Manning is still going to throw over four thousand yards this season. Yeah. That's just what yeah. Peyton Manning does. He's probably going to throw more than thirty touchdowns. His weapons are still good. He still has Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Got, it's not like he's short on people to throw to. And he's got Latimer, who's pretty good. Yeah. He's emerging, you know. And Virgil Green had some had some good bits about him too. I just I just don't know. I don't know how much how how well Peyton Manning can sustain hits anymore. That especially will... when you have a, a, a defense that has so many sacks that you can play against. Like Justin Houston is an animal. You know, he's playing yeah. against like the, the Chiefs. Yeah, if they're actually putting Khalil Mack at, def- at left defensive end, that's not good for or right defensive end even. And it's like that's not good for as a Ravens fan. I can tell you, Gino Grakowski, their starting center, might be the worst center in the entire league. <laughs> this is what happens when you grab people from your old team. You're like, oh, this is going to be a perfect addition to the squad. Oh God, no! What have I done? <laughs> what has happened? I mean, looking at the offseason, they didn't... Yeah, and Rex Ryan brought over Bart Scott, who was a great addition. This guy brought over Gino Grakowski and Owen Daniels Mm -hmm. over to the Broncos. Right. But that that being said, I mean, Peyton Manning's game has never been athleticism and arm strength, so he always seemed to me like the kind of person whose game would age well. Mm -hmm. His game is reading the defense and knowing what they're going to do and where the ball should go, and that's not going to diminish. Yeah, realistically, they stood pat on their offense. I mean, you look at their you look at their additions in free agency, and they added the two they added two tight ends, and then everyone else was they added a guard, and then everyone else was you know defensive related so it's like that they lost a ton of players in the offseason 
But, you know, I think that they were kind of feeling like the people that they had that were staying were good enough. Yeah, now, their absolutely. defense is still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the people, the names they say, have who, who is, I was saying, who is on the defense? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Von Miller, good. DeMarcus Derek Lair. Wolf was suspended for four games. He's a beast. Brandon Marshall was one of the, according to PFF, one of the top five linebackers in the league last year. Harris is one of the better cornerbacks. Akib Talib is pretty good. Yeah, Von Miller is a freak of nature. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think they're really hurting on their defense, but that's the weird thing. I think this year is going to be the year where defense is probably going to be a more defining feature of the Broncos than their offense. Mm-hmm. No. Well, you don't think so? No. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's easy but to as, start. As much, as much as it has been in the previous two seasons when basically Denver's strategy was just bludgeon you to death with uh, touchdowns. I think they'll still bludgeon you to death with touchdowns. They will, yeah. Uh, I, think I, it's, I, I, I mean, they'll, they'll play more possession ball and less, like, home run derby. Yeah. But well, they, the, the focus is still going to be the offense. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it depends on what they've been meaning by saying they're going to use Peyton Manning in a different way this season. I'm assuming that means <laughs> get him injured less because when he was injured in December, that did not end well. But, uh, you know, our, our resident tra- draft czar is uh, going to be discussing this draft. And the weird thing is is that the, the AFC West got pretty much all the same grade, like Bs, B-minuses. In fact, the, the Raiders actually had the, quote, best draft. But I think that's what happens when you have the number four pick. Uh, you tend to, you know, you can't screw that up. But the Broncos were tied for the draft loser insofar as they had one more B-minus than everyone else. And uh, so, uh, with the Chargers in terms of how bad they did, but what do you think about their draft? Mm. I I like the Shane Ray pick. I think Shane Ray, um, you know, they they've done a they've basically mortgaged their entire future. And Shane, when whenever Peyton Manning retires and they start over, Shane Ray will be a building block. That's what this draft is to me. Mm-hmm. It's what will our building blocks be when <laughs> Peyton Manning retires. So are these a lot of people who are going to come in and contribute right away? No, but that's probably by design. Though, so as far as pieces for the future, I think they did a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I, it's really weird that they gave low scores for the Broncos draft. I think, like, I'm not sure what they were expecting to have happen here, but it doesn't look like they did anything. They did. There was no splash pick. Like, oh my god, they realized they needed this. They had this big need. Well, they this, traded up for Shane Ray. That right. that shocked a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, they moved. Up, yeah, they moved up to get him, and now and he was falling really far. I mean certain off-the-field issues will tend to do that. but well, The Ravens would have taken him in a second if yeah. he'd fallen to 26. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, well, that's why I think it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, there's there's arguments about moving up in the draft that we'll get to a little bit later uh, for a different team in this division. But, yeah, yeah. The, the, dra- the draft just seems a bit solid for me. Now, we uh, you didn't actually have any big questions this time last time around. But oh, this, I, gave I have you, a question. I gave you two this time, so you get to Bronco. Nick, Broncos. Nick, what is your question, question for the Broncos? I think it's really funny how a lot of people are seeing Peyton Manning as declining. You know, well, well, you hear all this stuff about like Tom Brady saying he's only got two years left in the tank, and everyone's yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. "Will they use Peyton Manning?" Last year, Peyton Manning threw forty seven hundred yards, thirty nine touchdowns, <laughs> and had yeah. over a hundred passer rating. Just because you didn't set the world on fire like he did the year prior setting all kinds of records yeah. everyone's saying like oh man you know how many teams would love to have a quarterback like that with those kind of numbers and that was still seen as him kind of deferring to the running game that's insane like i i think that i, I my question is why are people losing faith in peyton manning i'm not losing i faith. have no fucking idea i'm not like, losing I'm faith in peyton manning like, i'm not, i'm thinking that that people are starting to realize that he's getting that the injuries he's getting are becoming a bigger concern so when he gets injured it's noticeable. 
Like, all through December, he was playing on one leg, and they didn't really say anything about it until the end of the regular season. But, you know, I think I think it's more of people are starting to recognize that starting to recognize Peyton Manning's mortality. Now, <laughs> is he still the same player? Hell yes. When he's healthy, he's a top three quarterback in the league, and that hasn't changed. The problem is, is that he's becoming a bigger and bigger injury risk, and I don't know, that doesn't seem to be a, a well-addressed in the offensive line yeah. with their center acquisition, but I think it's one, of, it's, it's one of those things where I think it's the first time they started seeing that, crap, if we lose Peyton Manning, we are screwed. I, I, don't, I don't know if one major injury in the do-do-do three years that he's been in Denver after he was healthy for 13 seasons straight in mm-hmm. Indianapolis. I don't know if that I would qualify that as a quote-unquote injury risk. No, it's just he's 39. I mean, it's, it's, it has to do with his age, too. So, I mean, it's, it's those. It's a combination of those two things. I don't. I, I agree. I think that, that, that there's a lot more buzz about, well, how are the Broncos going to use Peyton Manning now that he's getting really old? It's like, okay, fine. But I think we saw a taste of what can happen... Peyton Manning, while he still did relatively well to close out the season, you could tell he looked like a different quarterback because he was playing injured. I so, don't think they lost to the Colts because he was playing injured. I think they lost to the Colts because it was the playoffs and it's mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. <laughs> that's that's potentially also true. So let's let's take a look at the schedule for the Broncos and see how they're going to do. I'm not going to go first for any of these except for But the to answer Nick's question, I have absolutely no fucking idea. Yeah, but I, said, I said he's yeah, if he gets hit, but the only team I'm really worried about hitting him is Kansas City. Right. And if he if he Baltimore does, might hit him. Well, no, I mean in this division. Yeah, oh, division. This, yeah, on a schedule. Yeah, Baltimore might Green Bay might get to him. New England might. Detroit. I'm worried that there would be like one hit that would do something to him because he is older. But I really like. I have complete but, faith in his arms. But exactly. Yeah, it's like you're, you're. You're basically. It's the percentage chance he gets hurt and is knocked right. out of the game more right. than his abilities as a quarterback. His abilities as a quarterback haven't changed no. since last season. They're still no. amazing. Yeah. I think the biggest concern is whether or not he gets injured or not. And last season, you saw a taste of what happens when he's playing hurt. Now if he gets straight up injured and you have to play Brock Osweiler for four weeks, I'm not really rolling for the Broncos' chances, but I don't think that's even in play here. But like, you've been vilifying Matt Schaub forever, <laughs> and his head, Matt Schaub's head coach is now the Broncos' head coach. So if you think Matt Schaub is so terrible and Gary Kubiak did what he did with him... No, then, I think his problem was after his Liz Frank injury is when he started playing worse. As a result of an injury he had that I think has changed his game. And it's not Gary Kubiak's offense that, ju- that caused that. Yeah, Gary, Gary Kubiak is a great head coach, great offensive mind. The Broncos will be 100% fine. Peyton Manning will finish in top five quarterbacks in the NFL this year easily. All right, well, then let's get to our predictions for how the rest of the Broncos are going to do outside okay. of Peyton Manning. So, uh, <laughs> Kevin, why don't you go first? How do you think the Broncos are going to do? All right, well, I think they're going to beat Baltimore. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm reading through their schedule right now. Uh, Green Bay, they'll probably lose that. New England, I am calling. I don't know. They'll have a Peyton Manning game somewhere in there, so I'm calling <laughs> uh, eleven and five. All right, so eleven and five from Kevin. Nick, what about you? Um, looking through it, I can see at Pittsburgh will be tough later on in the season. That's gonna be a rough one if Pittsburgh gets the, the eternal goal. cold weather game right. while Peyton Manning. Well, that's and like that's with Pittsburgh getting Le'Veon Bell back. Like, yeah. if everyone's clicking still in because Pittsburgh's offense is uh, you know they're they're pretty dangerous. Also, New England at home might be one they could sneak out. 
I wouldn't be surprised me. Peyton's, what, 2,600 yards shy of holding the record for most yards of all time? Yeah, mm-hmm. right, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this ended up being, like, one last huzzah. Peyton Manning goes bananas and retires if he does well. <laughs> I think I could see them conceivably going 13-3. and three. Is that I, think they, I think they're good enough to do it, and I think their defense is clicking well enough that I'll call 13-3. Yeah, I'm going to split the difference between you guys. I, I th- the thing is, I have a tough time. There's no difficult stretches. They have zero difficult stretches. Their worst two-week stretch is Green Bay, Indy, and I can't find a three-week because they're playing Kansas City at home the next week. Right. And these are, and those two games are coming off of a bye. Mm-hmm. And you have the bookends for the New England game or Chica- the Chicago Bears and the San Diego Chargers. I mean, I, I just can't, I can't see... The the most difficult stretch could possibly be if all three players are all three teams are in playoff contention at Pittsburgh and then at home for Cincinnati and San Diego. But mm-hmm. even then, it's like I have trouble seeing them lose f- more than four games here. Mm-hmm. I, it's like they're going to lose one game, they're going to lose like a Green Bay or New England type team because they're going to do that every single year. There's going to be a Peyton Manning game where he just plays like garbage for some reason. And like then, the Rams game. <laughs> right. And and then there's just going to be like a fluke loss here or there to a divisional rival because no team goes 6-0 uh, frequently in the AFC West. And so, well, although the Broncos have done it quite regularly recently. So I'm going to say 12-4. and four. I think that they're definitely going to be the runaway favorites for the AFC West. That doesn't, doesn't even stand a question. They still have got, as long as Peyton Manning still has gas in the tank, they're going to keep winning the division. It's only when they lose that we'll see if someone else can come... Uh, Excuse me, can take the division lead from them. Mm-hmm. So the second, oh, go ahead. And at least they have a week off before they have to go to Pittsburgh to play them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, sec, that second bye week that is a home game against Oakland. Yeah, yeah that, right. that, that they get a week of vacation in Oakland before they go play Pittsburgh. Yeah, thanks guys. Uh, this is great. <laughs> Moving along, so this is gonna be a one man podcast after this week. Um, so the Kansas City Chiefs uh, actually finished second in the AFC West because they beat the San Diego Chargers in Week 17 with a backup quarterback and therefore screwed the Chargers out of the playoffs. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs. They ended up going nine and seven themselves. Their their opponents are going to be uh, at Houston, and they'll be hosting the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I was just watching the Bills preseason game. Their D line looks scary. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a there's a story on ESPN uh, as of today for recording. So Thursday that was showing that really, except for the quarterback. Yeah. The Bills are probably the have the best team they've seen oh, in yeah. two decades, yeah. Yeah. and it's just like, well, I mean, that's kind of I'm I'm, go, I'm looking back at our other stuff. That's kind of what we thought. We have them going at least nine and seven, mm-hmm. and despite the fact that everyone was saying, oh, they're the draft loser because they failed, like they have what they're fielding the best team they've got in decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that team, depending on how things break for their quarter, nineteen ninety nine, right? Well, no, no, <laughs> earlier the last since, time they made the playoffs. That's true. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, and then they still ended up losing to Tennessee. Uh, in the Music City Miracle. But uh, let's get things back to the Chiefs. Um, This year's headline, so uh, I have a question that's going to be directly related to this, but the offense has always been kind of weird in... in Kansas City last year, they had no one with a wide receiver. No wide receiver got a touchdown, but still, Alex Smith had 18 touchdown passes, so it's not like nothing happened. And so, you know, how do you think? You know, do you think that Jeremy Macklin, which is really their big off-season get this season, uh, do you think that that is the missing piece for the Chiefs' puzzle? No, no. no? their offensive linemen. They lost two yeah. of their starting offensive linemen very early last season. They lost yeah. so many sacks last yeah. year. It was like this. It was a wasn't it a, a franchise high of sacks? Yeah, like no one had any sacks time to taken. do anything. Yeah. 
The yeah. interesting thing throughout all of that is Jamal Charles still remained an animal. Yeah. Like, he, even though he well, that was have, the, yeah. his yardage seemed to dip, he was still averaging five and a half a carry. Which, interestingly enough, if he makes it another year averaging five and a half a carry, this is like the, one of the quietest statistics I think that's going on. If he has one more year of it, he's going to set an NFL record for going through nine seasons with the highest average yardage a carry. Ever. Yeah, ever. Like, I think that's insane. But... I mean, they, they, what they were doing was scrambling last year because they were playing musical chairs at their offensive line. Well, I mean, yeah, getting was it, so I'm looking at the 49 sacks against the the quarterback uh, this and year. Alex and, Smith is not a statue in the pocket either. It no, could have been no. a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it easily could have been. And here's an, here's another thing: like they didn't do anything about their offensive line. They went and got Ben Grubbs. Yeah. Ben Grubbs is a beast. Yeah. One pl- person, That's a yeah, and then their position too. Well, yeah, but they got the two guys that they already had back from injury last year. Yeah. That's true. Yep. That's true. They have, so, yeah, they have right a good right guard now, or a solid yeah. right guard at least. Their center, because they lost a center though, didn't they? Yes, Last they lost season. Rodney Hudson. Rodney, Rodney Hudson went to the Raiders. Yeah, they lost Rodney Hudson, but they gained Ben Grubbs, who's that's pretty, true. pretty yeah. good. You know, yeah. I think that's like they. I think they patched up a bit of what mm. they needed to. It, it all it all comes down to if their number one pick from 2013, uh, Eric Fisher. Yeah. Can hold down that spot. Well, if you can, yeah. Well, I mean, you got Grubbs on the left side of guard, and if you have Eric Fisher in the left tackle position, that stands to reason that that side gets shored up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then when you have uh, other players coming back from injury, it should do better. It is, it is weird that 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 was the thing that people would latch onto. This is, this is why the headlines are generally what people go. Oh, this is the big thing about this team. And, mm-hmm. it, and this this choice was Macklin. It was like, oh, you got. They'll get a they'll get a wide receiving touchdown this year, and it's like that wasn't their problem. Yeah, Macklin isn't a missing piece. Andy no. Reid hates running and he hates throwing deep. They went and they got a deep threat for a coach who hates throwing deep and a quarterback who can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Alex, the, the big thing yeah. with Alex Smith is that he's been known as a game manager. I mean, that's that's almost why he got axed out of the Niners because all of a sudden you got Colin Kaepernick who can throw the ball so hard and so deep, and uh, that was much better for Harbaugh than than than, uh, than Smith was. But then Andy Reid and Alex Smith came together in a beautiful union mm-hmm. of uh, arrowheads and. Kansas City and barbecue. large red walruses. Yes, yeah, so and, and, and shitty, shitty barbecue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Shots fired. So <laughs> let's take a look at the draft. The, the, again, the, the Chiefs got mostly Bs. They were, they were they were not the worst. They were actually the second best in the division. But what are your thoughts on the Chiefs draft? I love the Marcus Peters pick. Marcus Peters can be an absolute stud in the NFL. But Andy Reid's always kind of been this guy. Andy Reid selects workout warriors. Andy Reid loves physical tools he I don't know if he just thinks he's such a genius or he's he that he can make anyone work or if he just feels like you know you can coach players but you can't coach the physical tools that he wants so he just gets those Mm -hmm. it's always been his deal it's worked fairly well for most of his coaching career so I'm I'm hesitant to give him a bad grade for it I think he did a good job yeah, I mean their off season. The uh, they did like you said. Their big thing was Ben Grubbs, and they got they did get Jeremy Macklin, which is a thing that mattered. Mm-hmm. They took they got Tavon Branch, which yeah, that wasn't the, the best thing. And then they got a uh, well, I don't even want to try saying that. I think that. it's Fineka. Fineka, Fineka yeah. yeah. And then they got Paul Fineka. They lost a lot of players, but really they didn't really lose anyone. That was, oh, they lost Dwayne Bow. Yeah, the, oh, most yeah, of their know, most right. of their things were not mission critical losses. The only thing I can think oh, of is Rodney, Jenkins. Rodney losing Hudson. Rodney Hudson was a Rodney thing. Hudson's a great. But, 
I mean, that was a great signing by the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, well, that one was more of the Raiders needed to spend money and they were willing to throw it at Rodney Hudson to make him the highest paid center in the league. So I, it was, it was, you weren't going to be able to keep him if you were the Kansas City Chiefs. And then, as you said, their draft went pretty well, and so they did pretty well for this offseason. Well, we haven't even mentioned the Chiefs' most dangerous thing, and that's their defense. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah you have it. Justin Houston and Tom Bahali. You know, like, give me a break. That's, yeah, that that's almost not fair. And if Dontari <laughs> Poe gets healthy again, shut up. Like, uh, they're they're good. Yeah, I mean, Derek Johnson is another beast and mm-hmm. middle linebacker. I mean, their corners have been kind of, eh, but when you have a really good front center and put pressure on the quarterback, you don't yeah, need to worry yeah, about. Yeah, since they lost Brandon Flowers, yeah, I mean, I mean that was tough. Their yeah, their their secondary hasn't been particularly awesome. Well, I think but Brandon Carr came from the Chiefs also when he went to the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. they, they they kind of shed their secondary there. But again, if you have a, such a good front seven, it yeah, really doesn't it's matter. Ludicrous, it, like. In a league of their own. And, of course, I'm saying this because I know that the Raiders also have a really good front seven. We'll get to that in a little bit. That, uh, and uh, that will hopefully no, you, NASCAR you know, you, crap The Raiders secondary. don't have a front seven that can make the quarterback throw the ball in under three seconds over and over and over. That's true, but I'm just saying they've gotten... They've been, like, you don't have the front seven that they, can make up for a shit secondary. Oh, like no, the Baltimore no, no that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Year. That's what I'm saying. I hope that that would happen, yeah. because, but it's probably not going to. The Chiefs absolutely they, have they the front seven that can make up for a shit secondary. Yeah, that's very I, I think it's funny that like J.J. Watt, I mean, he's, a, he's an athletic monster. That guy's mm-hmm. huge, big guy. It gets a lot of sacks, draws a lot of attention as far as like the media goes. He's all over everything. Mm-hmm. And Justin Houston is nowhere Just to be found. Very quietly got guy, the sack yeah, title. This very year, quietly year. totally did better. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> two different positions. I've been different defensive schemes kind of. But I'm amazed that people don't – Justin Houston isn't a household name. Neither is yeah. Tom Bahali. Like, yeah. that's insane that those two guys, most people don't know who they are. Well, the funny thing yeah. is, is that the, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but it seems like the Chiefs always are, like, the, the team that people don't pay attention to in the AFC West. It's always no. the Broncos because they win, and then lately the Chargers and Raiders because they're going to leave two different cities. Why, and, is, why is their mascot a wolf that wears, like, Zambos? Who, the Chiefs? Yeah. I have no idea. Ask they them. Did. They probably had a really racist one, like, get that out of here. Uh, Make it kid-friendly. Let's just not so be if the So anyone can go on our, our Twitter account and tell us why the Chiefs mascot is a wolf yeah, that, <laughs> wears, like, that wears, like, soccer mom sweatpants, <laughs> please, please let us know. All right, so... The big question I had is is going back to the offense because really the defense is going to be just fine. Yeah, and, and this goes back to the whole hyperbole that it's like how hyperbolic was all that talk of no wide receivers getting a touchdown last year, and more importantly, does it even matter if more of your TDs come from rushing than passing? No, no, right. Yeah. So and so this was something that always was a big deal. Like oh, the the Chiefs, they their offense is so screwed up. So there were only three teams that had the same or more rushing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns in, last year, and they were the Chiefs. The Browns, which doesn't help your argument, and the Super Bowl runner-up Seattle Seahawks. Mm. Hmm. Mm. So the Browns don't really help your cause very much, but their quarterbacks were absolute dog shit, um, and that hasn't really changed. But then you have the Seattle Seahawks as your other point for this. So like, it really doesn't matter who's getting the touchdown as long as someone's getting the touchdown. Did you see, right? did you see Jamal Charles running against Seattle last year? Right. Yeah, yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Like, he was shedding off Cam Chancellor like he was a nobody. Like, yeah. I was amazed. I was watching highlights of it today, and he was just clowning on the Seahawks. I love the Seahawks, you know. But he was making them look like they weren't even a defense. Yeah. Right. Like, they, he's 
Yeah, I think that the Chiefs are no one pays attention to them because they're always they're stuck in a division where they're always going to be sexier players to look at as far as like a quarterback throwing a bajillion yards or something. Right. And they aren't the long ball team. And most people that don't play fantasy football even know who Jamal Charles is. You know, right, most, yeah. You know, they're just like, oh, look at the guy with the ball and the Chiefs. The Chiefs suck, right? And it's like, no. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, to be fair, they're like one of their primetime games was against the Raiders, and they lost that game last year, so that didn't it's, help it's, the, the... I mean, it's division play. Right. That, that's one of the most unpredictable things there is. Oh, yeah, that's very division true. play. Like, people actually come out to play, and, and it's a division game. Right. So we have, we have a team that's got an offense that no one seems to know what's going on, but the Chiefs actually do know what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. And a front seven that's going to scare the living crap out of the people that they play. Oh, Jeremy Macklin can scare one defender out of the box, then Jamal yeah. Charles will average like eleven yards a carry. <laughs> yeah, next exactly. Year. So that's what that's what the offense so, is. So it's looking it's looking like things might be looking good for the Chiefs. We don't really know. But what is their record going to look like? And so I'm going to send it to Nick first for this one. How do you think the Chiefs are going to do in 2015? <laughs> well, most of what I predicted about Houston a while back was whether or not Arian Foster was going to be coming back, and they are saying like anywhere from next week to three years from now when his <laughs> return is going to be so I don't hold out their defense is Houston's defense is fun uh, I don't they, they don't really have a quarterback so I could see him win in that game and just look going down the challenging games Green Bay is going to be rough at Green Bay Cincinnati can probably could potentially be rough um, it's early enough in the season yeah, Cincinnati tough, screwed up this is a tough lineup I think of teams they're playing yeah like Pittsburgh Detroit they do have the uh, what was ranked the 20th hardest rushing Lineup the Russian for uh, defense apparently by one of the pro football focuses. So which, which oh so they're facing the twentieth twentieth hardest twentieth yeah. hardest uh, rushing defenses apparently I don't know so, so like out of thirty two there's yeah. twentieth of schedule which I don't know if that matters to Jamal Charles which is their main weapon but wait I, so is it is it twentieth is in like their one are, is good thirty two is bad okay so uh, okay yeah thirty you want to you so want to be running have, against the, we want to be running against one you don't right. want to be running yeah, against yeah, 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 yeah. so. Um, I thought it was like their God, schedule is, is 20 if This it sucks. is tough. If the Chiefs can actually come together, if the offensive line does well, and Alex Smith has some room to work, and actually they look impressive-ish, uh, I th- they're the one that's... Uh, everyone always gives it to the Chargers, man. If the AFC West is the one challenge, the threatener, the, the threaten the Broncos title. But I would say, I think the Chiefs are going to win at least 10 games. So I gave them 10 and 10 6. 10-6. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is hard because unlike the Broncos, where you look at their schedule and they don't really have too many tough stretches of games, the Chiefs have Denver, Green Bay, Cincinnati weeks two through four. Then they are lucky in that they they split the the Pittsburgh, Detroit, Denver gets split up by a bye week, and then they cl- and then. <laughs> I mean, but their schedule does get easy toward the end because I gotta admit that it's not like the Raiders are gonna make the Super Bowl this year. So I mean, like Buff, you got San Diego, Buffalo, Oakland, San Diego, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Oakland to round out the season. And so out of that, I see San Diego and Baltimore being the two tough games, and the rest not. So they'll end the season strong, which is exactly when they need to end the season or how they need to end the season. So I think I'm gonna go ten and six as well. Yeah, I think if they're I think the Broncos are going to run away with this division, but if there is a team with the potential to make a run in the AFC West this year, it's absolutely the Chiefs. That being said, they do have some they do have some rough some rough bits to their schedule, and any team with a really good run defense is is going to be able to to shut them down pretty well. So I'm not going to go ten wins. I am going to say they're going to repeat their last year 9 and 7 but given that their schedule is 
harder than last year's. I'll chalk that down as a victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the thing is, I think the Chiefs had the third place schedule last year, which always helps, and yeah. then they have the, they have the uh, second, second place. place schedule this year. So now we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers, or sorry, the San Diego Chargers. I'm getting a year ahead of myself. Wait, should, should you just not say a city so when people listen to this next year, it doesn't sound dated? <laughs> the, the, I'd be amazed just, if anyone listens to this this year. <laughs> <laughs> just, say the, just say the Chargers. Just yeah, say the, the, the yeah, yeah. Chargers. That way I can uh, put it in as necessary. So, yeah. so San Diego went 9-7. and seven. Uh, They could have made the playoffs, but then they blew their Week 17 game. Chase Thank Daniel, you for that, by the way. The <laughs> Chase Daniel too strong. But this actually helps them a little bit because now they have a slightly easier schedule to work through. They get to play the Jags at Jacksonville, and they get to play Miami at home. So they're playing most of the Florida teams, it seems like. Uh, San Diego, you know, please keep your disdain to a minimum for the next 15 minutes. All right, it's tough. It's tough, but you got to try. That said, oh, my God, that draft. Uh, Oh, my God, that draft. Yep. They, they they looked like they were they hired someone who had no idea what they were doing. So like, well, they did. His name is Tom Tolles. <laughs> oh, so here, so here's so, court. So there's two. So there's, 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 let, let's let's hold the draft discussion real quick to something else. And we're not talking about relocation today. We're just going to make jokes about it. But there is one other thing that did happen. Philip Rivers did resign to the Chargers for I think four years, and they ha- actually has the most guaranteed money. Of any quarterback, yeah, he gets I think sixty five million guaranteed over yeah. the next four years. Good, good re up for the Chargers. Yeah, they got to do it. They're not gonna like the chances that they're gonna go find someone who's better. Mm-hmm. Very, very small. And if they hadn't done it, someone else would have gladly forked it over, and the Chargers would have been up shit creek. Yep. <laughs> so Pretty they quickly. had to do it. Who's their backup quarterback? Uh, uh, Kellen Clemens. Oh, that's right, Kellen Clemens. Yeah, so they don't have a backup quarterback. <laughs> he's, not, he's not bad. I mean, he, he was serviceable in St. Louis, but then, of course, St. Louis got rid of him afterwards. So, uh. Well, San but, Diego needs a quarterback who can really scream at his team and blame everything on him. I don't see yeah. Kellen Clemens. <laughs> settle, settle. But, but, yeah, I think that, so, I mean, when you look at San Diego's roster, their, their big thing is that they need a... <laughs> So they kind of need to settle their running back situation, which is why they got Melvin Gordon. Because when you look at the remaining remaining people on that list, ooh, Brandon Oliver, Brandon, Danny Woodhead, yeah, except and Brandon Brown. Oliver and Danny Woodhead both outplayed Melvin Gordon significantly in yeah, the first preseason, preseason, it's a preseason game. game. It's but I, Melvin Gordon, but it was terrible. It yeah, was like six for 11, six attempts yeah. for 11 yards. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Really yeah. bad. Tom Telesco went, hey, remember when we traded up for a running back in 2010 and it was a disaster? <laughs> let's do it again. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go ahead and just talk about the draft. So, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Most people actually gave the the Raiders, uh, the, sorry, the Chargers a woof. I can't believe I made that distinction. Uh, they, they tied for draft loser. They got two B minuses and a B uh, amongst other, uh, and those out of the big three that we got. And other ones kind of concurred with that. And uh, but their draft, the number of people they drafted is seems to be a problem that no one seems to really pay attention to. That they only took five fucking players? <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. So you basically need a sixty percent success rate on your draft to even have a chance. Calling the draft um, of, successful. Of calling the draft successful. Like I don't care how good Melvin Gordon was in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where no good running backs in the NFL have ever come from. I don't care how good he was. I don't care if he's good in the NFL. Running backs are super devalued, and there's going to be a guy who was drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round, or mm-hmm. not drafted, who matches Melvin Gordon's production this year. 
Guarantee from the 2015 you. class? Guarantee you. Wasn't McCoy a third round? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy. McCoy was yes. a third round draft yeah. pick, yeah. There's going to be someone who was not drafted much later, let alone not traded up for, mm-hmm. who's going to match Melvin Gordon's production. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I mean, let's look at the picks in a vacuum. Let's ignore the fact that there are very much uh, a lot of missing picks. How did they do, at least outside of the trade? Oh, yeah, well, the trade was really stupid. Yes, we've acknowledged that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Denzel Perryman, I mean, a, another slow another slow hammer inside linebacker. Manti Teo was supposed to be your hammer. Mm-hmm. Donald <laughs> Butler, you paid him $51 million to be your hammer. He forgot how to football last year. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this, the secondary for, them, for, the, for the Chargers is pretty good. Yeah, the Chargers secondary is pretty good. good. And I, Brandon Flowers. I think Craig Mager will do a good job. Actually, Jason Verrett was playing really well before yeah. he got injured, too. Right. And Apparently, they have the best safety in the league. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Saying, when you have, no when you have Eric, Eric Weddle. Weddle. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, when you have Eric Weddle, you're, you clearly have the best secondary in the league, hands down. You don't even have to yeah. ask anything else. Um, so, but let's, let's talk about the trade really quick. And yeah, Charger fans, we're sorry, but you know, your fans tend to be dicks to me. So this is my avenue to be dicks to you. Yeah. Um, the... <laughs> Moved up two spots to get Gordon under the ahead of two teams who would not have taken. Who were him. not going to? Yeah, yeah. So it was what the Niners and the, the Niners they, and the Texans, uh, and they traded with the Niners. Yeah, was the worry that that the Texans were thinking of of uh, trading their pick for with someone that needed a running back to get I don't, Melvin Gordon? I don't know why they would think that anyway. I mean, like they're still. The, the, I think the Texans believe in Alfred Blue. You yeah. know, as a backup, and they have Arian Foster, who, I mean, yeah, in his declining years is showing a little bit of, of his age and getting injured a bit. Yeah. But, I mean, like, he's still got he's still got some air left in the tires, and I think Alfred Blue would work for him. I really don't think they would have gone for Melvin Gordon. I think that the Chargers are still remembering LaDainian Tomlinson, and if you turn a radio on to any channel in here, eventually a commercial with LaDainian Tomlinson advocating <laughs> for OG's Pizza or something. <laughs> like the town hasn't forgotten about him, and they think they keep comparing this new guy to LaDainian Tomlinson. It's like, it's, LaDainian Tomlinson was a once-in-a-forever a type of talent oh, you yeah. get. Don't think that you're suddenly going to draft into another him. Why don't you get a wide receiver from the old folks' home to replace Malcolm Floyd, and then they get Stevie Johnson to try and do that? Like that's not real. I think they need. They got Keenan Allen, who was good in his in his freshman year, kind of slumped in his sophomore. Yeah. In the well, NFL. because people start, they start, they started getting under, covered by CB one, and he's undersized. Happened. Like yeah. he's a smaller guy, he's quick, but they need another wide receiver. Need- oh, but they got Jacoby Jones. But you know what's going to happen? Not a good acquisition. But you, but you know what's going to happen now is that you know now you're going to have a bunch of pi yards for San Diego this year. No, Jacoby's oh, that was, not even good oh, that at that. Smith. That's Tory Smith. Yeah, sorry, I, I, no, go rewatch the Mile High Miracle. The best part about it, it's actually an absolutely terrible catch. <laughs> Jacoby Jones makes this giant basket with his hands, and the ball bounces off of his chest into his arms. <laughs> it was not... Actually, his catch in the Super Bowl, he did the same thing. The ball bounced off his chest into his hands. It does seem weird, like, looking at the... Uh... Looking at the wide receiver core for the Chargers, it's like they, all they did was grab people from other teams. Yeah, Malcolm Floyd has already stated he's only going to play for another year. Yeah. That might be a good chance to draft another one. Yeah. Is that Austin Pettis? Is that his name? Uh, Who knows? No. The, oh, yeah, it is Austin, Austin Pettis. Yeah. Pettis, yeah. And the, why is a team that has a quarterback who can actually throw the ball running a fullback? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like, some teams still have hey, fullbacks. Hey, it's, hey it's, fuck you. <laughs> well, no, you guys, I mean, J- Joe Flacco is no Philip Rivers as far as throwing the ball goes. So Philip Rivers likes to throw the ball around and generally ends up with more yardage. They should be putting another wide receiver in there. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, when you have five picks, you can only do so much. You're right, and, you're right. And, and, well, they could have gotten, gotten a tight end, but then again, I guess they didn't know at the time that Antonio Gates was doing steroids. Right. Yeah. Well, that's a huge loss. But they, they think the people are hoping Ladarius Green can actually step up and fill, fill no, the gap. No, that's so fucking stupid. I'm it so is. fucking sick of hearing that. <laughs> yep. Uh, here's, here's a question, Chargers fans. If Ladarius Green is so fucking good, why didn't you put him on the field instead of Dontrell Inman? That's a good point. Actually. <laughs> there you go. So, so to play two tight end fucking sets, unless Mike McCoy is too fucking stupid to do that, play two tight end sets. Take a wide receiver off the field. Put on the amazing Ladarius Green if he's so amazing. So uh, let's continue piling on because now it's time for your big question. It's gonna be funny when we get to the the prediction and it's oh. not gonna have anything to do with how much we're ragging on this team. And speaking of. Um, <laughs> The Chiefs and their zero wide receiver touchdowns and how stupid and overrated of a statistic this is. Oh, here, is here is a statistic that's much more terrifying and much more awful. Um, the Chargers run a 3-4 defense. So in a 3-4 defense, you actually sacrifice some run defense in the interest of pressuring the quarterback more. And they got 26 sacks, which was by far the least by a 3-4 defense. I believe the next one was the Steelers, who had 32. The Steelers' defense is in fucking shambles, as everyone says. <laughs> they had to rehire... They had to, they had to drag James Harrison yeah. out of retirement yeah. to keep that... And they had more sacks than the Chargers did. And the Chargers did absolutely nothing to improve it. Uh, why... I just wonder why. Why do you feel like they twenty six twenty six like sacks as a Justin three four Houston defense and the water boy combined <laughs> from, from the Chiefs? They re- had more sacks. They're the relying on their secondary to cover the to cover the pass. Yeah, and who like, had the most tackles on the Chargers last season? I don't know. Yeah, Weddle, Eric Weddle, Weddle yeah, the exactly. safety had yeah. the most. tackles. That is pathetic. That, that means that your front seven is totally failing. All right, so I guess my question is, how much can we pile on the Chargers in a short amount of time? I think we've done, a pre- we've done a pretty good job of that. The funny <laughs> thing is, is that they made the playoffs last year and actually got to the divisional round, and then this year... In 2013. 2013, yes. Yeah. In 2014, they were a game away from making the playoffs again. I think the Chargers, for all the crap that we do give them, it is worth pointing out that they are, a much, they are an offensive team. No, not an offensive team, an offensive team. Mark Ingram should never play outside linebacker. His arms are too short. Manti Teo is awful. But I mean, (laughs) well, it's it's, keep it up. But uh, the 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 thing is, is that you know the the Chargers didn't really do anything spectacular in the offseason. No. Like, they basically held serve, and they got Philip Rivers' contract extension, which is good, because he is a pretty good quarterback. He's a very loud quarterback, but that's a different problem. No, that, that's because he's so competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's gotta be it. That, it it's, the, it's, it's that kind of fire that fuels his 4-5 and five career playoff record. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so we all can't be uh, Joe Flacco. So, yeah. let's, go, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at the, the Chargers <laughs> schedule and see what we can do to predict a record, and I'm not going to go first because I'm going to go first for the Raiders to blunt the damage. <laughs> uh, although I don't, I think I probably should blunt it too because I think I'm higher on the Chargers than you guys are, but I could be wrong. Kevin, what do you, how do you think the uh, Chargers are going to do this? Season? Eight and eight. Not, not even, not even going to swing it. No. Pat, why? Uh, okay, they're they're going to go eight and eight because 
I just look at their schedule here. I mean, they'll probably beat Cleveland. They'll probably beat Oakland. They should beat Jacksonville. Like, I, I see I see four guaranteed wins, and you can always count on the Chargers to fuck up one of those. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably going to be one uh, of the... Oh, yeah. It's, it's okay. probably going to be the Raider game, because yeah. what happens is they always yeah. overestimate the... always yeah. underestimate the Raiders, and they blow yeah. a game at, at Oakland. But, like, their, their first three games are Detroit... At Cincinnati, at Minnesota, none of those are going to be easy. They get a vacation in Cleveland, <laughs> then <laughs> okay. then Pittsburgh, Green Bay, then you know they get a trip to Oakland. No, well, that's, to a, Oakland. No, that's at home. They're playing. They're playing. Oh. At, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, then yeah. I mean, seven. Or, I mean, six out of their first eight games are against opponents that I wouldn't give them a coin flip's chance of beating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I. I I let let me say eight and eight. I'm gonna be a little higher on them. I think some of the I think they are a coin flips chance to beat teams like Cincinnati and Minnesota. Although the fact they're playing at Cincinnati and Minnesota doesn't help them. Yes, they've got teams like Cleveland and Jacksonville, but they have to face Miami, which kind of sucks as a third place schedule goes. And they're facing the NFC North and the AFC North, so that's going to be guaranteed losses against Green Bay, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh, and the like. They've got to do well in their division. They probably won't, or at least they're going to regress compared to last year. I'm going to go nine and seven, though. Just or just Ooh. sorry, no, I think I'm going to say eight and eight. Actually, you know, looking at the schedules, like they they didn't make any improvements to their defense. Right. So Mar- they, Mark's a little higher on the Chargers. He thinks they're going to have the same record. Yeah, they're going I, well, to look that, better doing it. That was the problem. I was that was the problem. It's like I'm looking at the schedule. I'm going. They just don't. It's have a hard a clean schedule. Break. Yeah. yeah. And and the AFC and you know granted the fact that the Raiders had I think the second hardest schedule in the league that's because they were fifth. playing their own fifth fifth hardest schedule in the league. no no last year oh last year last yeah. year was second this uh, year Cleveland has the hardest schedule in the league I believe yeah actually no it's, no, no it's, Pittsburgh. Had, it's Pittsburgh it's Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has the hardest schedule in the league yeah sorry Oakland was first last year in strength yeah. of schedule and that was because they were playing their own team they were playing their own division it's not going to get any easier for, it's going to get harder harder for the Chargers probably because. There are more good teams in these two divisions than there were in the AFC, AFC East and NFC West. So, yes. I think that yeah, eight and eight. But I wouldn't. I would be. I, I don't want to take a flyer on nine and seven. But I think that they can. There's a game. There's a tough game in there that they can win. They always do it. Yeah. And that always throws you know San Diego Chargers fans into a frenzy that their team's going to make the Super Bowl and then they come back down to earth. No, no, no. It, remember, it, it was when they beat the Seahawks in Week Two that they right. declared themselves the Super Bowl champions. Right. They got the previous Super Bowl and then they got a trip to the Super Bowl last year, and there's they still get a ring this year somehow. I don't know how Chargers fans work it. Yeah. But I think that one thing you didn't want to talk about was the Chargers and I think inevitable departure from San Diego. I think yeah. that the, the San Diego fan, the way they, they treated the fan base is deplorable. And the, the fans were kind of crappy to begin with and never go to support them. Super fair weather. Yeah, completely fair weather team, or fair weather fans. And you're talking about a, a team that's basically saying, you guys foot the bill to build our stadium. And San Diego said, get bent. Like, mm-hmm. I see them not having this miracle. This isn't Angels in the outfield. No. We're, not keep, <laughs> we're not keeping the team. I think they're going to have a losing record. Okay. I think that this I, San Diego, like Telesco, has turned this into like the I hate to say it, the Raiders were kind of the dumping ground for players where they go to die, and San Diego is kind of turning into that. Their solution is to get these ancient players like Dwight Freeney, you know, to solve their problems. And Jarrett Johnson a few I, years ago. I yeah. see. I see seven and nine. Like this isn't this isn't the Miami that you knew before. Like Tannehill is right. playing great. They right. have a couple mm-hmm. good receivers. Lamar Miller's good. Denver's gonna. I think Denver's gonna smoke them twice. Yeah. Kansas City's gonna take one of them. Pittsburgh's gonna murder them. Like 
this is Le'Veon Bell's going to be back. Pittsburgh's offense is insane. Like, and Minnesota's got Adrian Peterson. They got they got a great quarterback. You know, I, I don't know. I just yeah, the yes. same Adrian Peterson that set the then single game rushing record as a rookie against the Chargers. Against the Chargers. <laughs> I'm going to call it. I'd say seven and nine if they're lucky. All right. Well, that said, now it's time to talk about the San Antonio or Oakland or Los Angeles or Tijuana Raiders. Really, the Raiders have probably more of a wild card in terms of where yeah. they're going to end up anymore. Than I actually else. don't have much vitriol for this. I don't hate the Raiders. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going from a team that is we're thinking on the decline to a team that we're a little higher on, mm-hmm. uh, and most of this has to do with what they've been doing. Now, let's let's not mince words. They have sucked. Yes. Their average wins since Mary McKenzie has become the GM for the Raiders is three and three quarters. So they've won 15 games in they've four years? They've won 15 games in four years. Gotcha. And uh, it's not been great. But last year, didn't it kind of seem like the Raiders, like when I look at their record and say, oh, they only went three and 13? Like they seemed like they were a different team. Yeah. With, they ended the season three like, and three. Yeah. After they got, I mean, this was. They they beat the Chiefs, got but the thing is that then they got completely rolled by the Rams, fifty two to zero. Yeah, right. So like rough. so that's when that's when you go okay yeah they're getting better but they still make they still have games like that that you shouldn't have if you're a team that's improving. Now that all said, I'm going to ask you two this: mm-hmm. This is year four of the Reggie rebuild. We have a new coach in Jack Del Rio. Mm-hmm. We have uh, faith in Derek Carr. And we have Khalil Mack that's moving to defensive end now, which is kind of an interesting thing. And you have Amari Cooper that is instantly a, uh, a WR one for yes, the Raiders' right. offense. He's great. Which, and he's good. He's yeah. like he's good size. Yeah, like, he's he's really good. He's got they're, good hands. They're deeper at tight end. They're deeper at running back. They're deeper in, in on the defensive uh, at the defensive line and at the linebacker position. Their only weakness is really the secondary. Is this where we finally see some improvement from the Raiders? Really, before this, do, does Khalil have to get bigger? Before the season starts, if he wants to be a LDE, I don't really know what they're actually planning on doing with him. Whether they're going to put him off the edge and then they're just going to have him rush or what? Have, oh, have know. him do like a Cameron Wake stand a yard behind the line of scrimmage, pretty and much. Swing at him. Yeah, that, I, I can see that actually. I, they do have him listed as a defensive end on the roster, but his, so he doesn't have to change his number because his number's yeah. In the Terrell 50s. Suggs was listed as a defensive end on the Ravens for most of the 2000s. Right. So change. I mean, like Khalil Mack is. 6'3", 250 pounds. Yeah, he does need to put on weight if he wants to be a pure DE, but yeah, I think yeah. they're keeping him at the linebacker position as well. But that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, look at the linebackers. Such a stud, though. Yeah. Yeah. Such a yeah. stud. Good, great, year. great acquisition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, right. my God. If we're going to lose all of our San Diego audience right now. Uh, so, but, like, you look at the linebacker core for, for the Raiders. It's C.O. Moore, Curtis Lofton, Khalil Mack, Malcolm Smith, Ray Ray Armstrong's doing pretty well. Like, you have a very good... Uh, set of linebackers, and yeah. and if Mario Edwards Jr. works out, which we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the the draft in a minute, like that line looks pretty halfway decent yeah, as well. Justin so. Ellis isn't bad, right. yeah, Justin Tuck. When if you could wake him up, yeah. that guy's good. Dan, Dan Williams just came from Arizona. He was a really good space eater last year. And right. I don't hate Nate Allen. I think no. Charles Woodson is ageless. Yeah, really, seemingly the so. biggest the, no, the biggest DJ problem Hayden. is is the cornerbacks. So TJ Carey was a seventh round pick last year. Ended up being better than DJ Hayden was a first round pick in 2013. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have Keith McGill as, as a nickel corner. Like I'm thinking that DJ Hayden's going to be slipping down that draft, uh, slipping yeah. down the depth chart. I wouldn't be surprised if Nico Thorpe <laughs> takes his spot. Yeah, I mean, DJ Hayden's been really bad. And then you look on the on the other side of the ball. You have <laughs> that, that like that's a line right there. That is, is. that is that is, is actually something vaguely resembling yeah. a line, which we Donald haven't seen Penn, in a long Gabe time. Donald Penn, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hus- Hudson, uh, 
Khalif Barnes is a human false start. <laughs> yeah. But, but other than that, I was, yeah. I was only laughing at one thing, and my eyes went right to it as soon as I used to <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah, we'll get to that, we'll we'll get get to that in a second. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like, and, yeah, and Austin Howard, they're actually thinking of moving Mendelik Watson to the guard position okay. and take and take Khalif Barnes out of it or moving, or, or moving hmm. Howard over. Like, they're going to do something to that right side because Khalif Barnes is a human false start machine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't think that uh, Joe Felicino is exactly the right answer there, so they've got to do some shuffle because they've got depth at right. To well, you guys right just drafted Joe Feliciano, right? Yeah, he's not yeah. ready yet, so I think it's possible we could get him, but we'll we'll see. The wide receiver, we're, we're definitely doing better. We actually have a halfway decent wide receiving core. Yeah. Crabtree uh, yeah. at two is kind of a reach, but he, he yeah. Crabtree's better if he's not the primary receiver. Yeah, yeah, I think. I, well, yeah, I think so. Also, you got—I mean, Cooper's well, gonna be good. Rod Streeter's okay. Kendrell Tompkins, when he played for New England, wasn't yeah, awful. Although uh, on, yeah. Andre Holmes is like more of a burner type, so the fact that he's like the backup behind Michael Crabtree instead of like. I think Michael Crabtree should be over there at the two. We're looking. Right. We're looking at the depth chart for the uh, for, uh, according to ESPN, yeah. but the, these things are fluid until uh, we get the fifty-three okay. man roster anyway. Uh, yeah. so Michael matter. Crabtree's got, got great hands. So right. is, so is the tight end Michael Rivera. Remember yeah. last year? Well, like Rivera. He, see the pro- yeah. so the problem with Rivera is he can't walk to save his life, and that's why they that's why they got Lee Smith. You can teach and, that though. You can't really teach a tight end to catch that well. You know, like Michael Rivera can. He went up for some balls. He yeah. got several touchdowns. Like you can teach him to block. Yeah. So I mean, but you, but they also drafted Clive Walford, which was a decent pick at the third round. Yeah. And you know, the only the, they're never going to get rid of Marcel Reese. This is a team that's always going to use a fullback. Although they're not going to really use him as a fullback. They might use an H back instead, which is effectively a tight end behind the line. Yeah. And uh, then you have Latavius Murray, who's going to get looks, and Trent Richardson's not going to. I on think the roster. once Trent Richardson's not on the roster, yeah. a backfield of Latavius Murray, Roy Hellu, and Marcel Reese, you could yeah. do a lot worse than that. Yeah. Roy Hellu is a good pass catching running yeah. back too. You know? And most importantly, uh, to answer your question, will we finally see some improvement? The Raiders are set at quarterback. Yeah, for yeah. the first time possibly since two thousand three. Uh, yeah, Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon retired. Gannon, yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's take. So we kind of did already go over most of the, the first four rounds, or actually the first five rounds of the draft. Really. <laughs> but what do you? What overall? What do you think about the Raiders draft? The Raiders draft actually got the highest marks out of the the division. But again, it was oh, I agree. They should have. I'd agree. Um, I actually they made I, a lot of moves in day three. That was I, weird. I texted Mark uh, before this with like my top three players that I thought the Ravens were going to take, and Mario Edwards Jr. If we'd chosen to trade out of the first round, was absolutely one of them. Um, everyone, I, everyone said they were head scratching that pick though. Everyone was like, "Well, um, it's the Raiders being the Raiders. They picked um, a bad defensive tackle." Mm-hmm. Uh, Amari Cooper. I, I, I'm still amazed that the Jaguars didn't take him as we covered in the AFC South. You have a developmental quarterback. Mm-hmm. If you have a can't-miss wide receiver prospect, you absolutely have to take him because then you know what you have at that quarterback. Mario Edwards Jr. is a great pick. John Feliciano could possibly step in right away and be their right guard. I mean, not their left, their right guard. Uh, yeah, they would have to be a right guard, yeah. You're trying to replace Khalif Barnes, is what you're trying to do yeah. here. You'd have to tell me about Clive Walford. I don't know anything about him. He's he's a relatively good tight end out of Miami. He's probably he's he's yeah. better on the blocking than yeah. Michael Rivera is. The thing is that there is there was a, at least one rumor about Rivera maybe switching to wide receiver if he can't oh. solve his blocking if, problems. If, Edward get, if Edwards gets his head on right, that could potentially be uh, Justin and Alden Smith over mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. in Oakland. 
<laughs> that's very good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> everyone's talking about Amari Cooper. Like, I, th- I think he's gonna. And from, from what I've seen, I watched a couple of videos of him in, in college, and he, you know, that's which whatever that means. You yeah, know, as far yeah, as scouting yeah. goes, but I think he's gonna end up having uh, a season between. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s, obviously. Like, yeah, less, less than that. You know, like, so, you so you've hit the ceiling. So, uh, <laughs> at, second, at second place among rookies last year, you have Kelvin Benjamin. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yards. I said I was going put, to put him between those two. I think yeah. Kelvin Benjamin had over 1,000. No, he didn't. His rookie campaign? He, he had 700. Uh, okay. 706. I could have swore he had 1,009. Nope. You're wrong. Oh. All right, well, <laughs> that's it. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you, while you're looking it up, why don't you ask what the big question for the team is? Because I am not allowed to ask this question being a... a Definite fan of the team. Will they have a running game? Yeah. Will I mean? Okay, will so Murray, will Murray, Murray looked pretty good last year at certain points, you know. And I think they've they've cut. To, I'm so mad that they got rid of Darren McFadden and then picked up Trent Richardson. All right, but, Nick, Nick is right. Alert. He had 1,008 rushing. Oh, okay. <laughs> receiving, receiving yards. Yeah, Nick's correct. So they were going to get rid of McFadden because, well. All right, so last year the the running back core was Marcel Reese, because obviously, uh-huh. uh, Darren McFadden, and Maurice Jones-Drew. <laughs> and Latavius Murray. And Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray was an afterthought until both of the both McFadden and Jones-Drew got injured, and then he torched the Chiefs until he got a concussion. Right, yeah. And then he played relatively he well. He had like 100-something yards on like two carries. Right, and then exactly. He got concussion. And then he got concussed, because Raiders. But <laughs> I, I think that... It, now we're we're operating on the assumption that Trent Richardson will not be a Raider no. once fifty. No, once he will not make the fifty-three man roster. Right, Roy so, Hellu might not. Also, actually, I, I think that they're going to keep at least two running backs. Though I think that, <laughs> that you're going to. Uh, the thing is, is that the Raiders have traditionally kept at least one, at least one fullback, sometimes two, and they've kept three running backs. So when you look at and Taiwan Jones is on that list because he's going to he's on the depth chart for the Raiders as a running back, but he's probably going to be a return specialist. He's just going to be an RB four in case something really goes wrong. But then you have uh, you know you have Lou as a change of pace back, yeah. And then you have Latavius Murray as your as your every down back, yeah. and he looked pretty good in in the first preseason game. But I'm going to say the same thing I said when we talked about how bad Melvin Gordon was. It's preseason, yeah. so like I mean, there's people that have season ending injuries, and then there's people that play worse than they actually play in the regular season. So yes, I think they're going to have a running game because they don't have. The, we, don't, we don't have Darren McFadden running up the middle for two for plus or minus two yards. We're not going to keep Trent Richardson, or if we are, we're burying him so far down the depth chart, it doesn't even matter. And they have a quarterback that scares-ish people. I don't yeah. want to say scare people. I'll say scares-ish people. Well, are you talking about uh, Christian Ponder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, no, Matt McGloin. Matt McGloin yeah, is clearly... Right. Actually, I, I don't know why we keep picking up like somebody else's first uh, prior... First string quarterback because it worked we, once with Jim Plunkett. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that's why. If we're going to go off of things that we keep making mistakes for, that is the Raiders' mistake: constantly getting a, a quarterback to be your backup and then thinking that you're going to get the next Jim Plunkett. But Matt McGloin's a service is a completely serviceable backup for the Raiders. But I that's disagree. The difference. I think that they're going to if they can get that running game going though and get some people to be you know because I mean they're not really known as a throwing team, I guess. 
But they had the worst rushing attack in the league last right? year. I know, but they're not yeah. really noticing anything, team. I'm saying, so if they, get a, <laughs> they get a rushing game going, though. They have a couple wide receivers that they could just throw over the top and get some touchdowns on. You yeah. know, so I mean, like, they're, I'm glad that they're actually giving Carr what he needs to succeed. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, like they're, they're, they're looking, caring, they're looking you know? quickly to try to evaluate Derek Carr before right. the season, before next season. Uh, where hopefully they will not be picking top ten in the draft, but we don't really know yet. Oh, let's, they will. Let's go. I don't think so. So yeah, let's, I'm going to go ahead and look at their their schedule. Like the benefit of having a fourth place schedule is that they get to play the Titans at, the at Tennessee and the Jets, who just are a dumpster fire to end all dumpster fires. So I'm going to I'm going to give a what I want to see and what I expect to see, but what I want to see is going to be my prediction, anyways. I'm thinking seven and nine because I think we're going back off of the Chargers blowing a game. Uh, yeah, you guys are going to think oh, like Mark. You guys oh. <laughs> the over under on the Raiders right now is six. So when you both say below that, I'm just going to start asking to start taking bets. Realistically, probably six and ten. I think that they they're going to win the two games against the Titans and the Jets. They're going to beat Cleveland. They're probably going to have a fluke win or two. In their division, so they'll probably go two and four of the division. So that's five right there. I mean, there, it wouldn't. It's not inconceivable to see them get a fluke win out of someone in the AFC North or the NFC North. I think six wins is cer- is certainly possible. And depending on how teams break late in the season, uh, whether Kansas City or San Diego start falling apart, then I'd say seven and nine's plausible. But six and ten is a solid hit for me. They have the they have the fifth hardest schedule in the league, so it's not like the, yeah, that's, that's better pretty, than the first looks, hardest schedule. Pretty tough. Yeah, that is pretty tough. So when you told me they're not picking in the top 10, I went and checked up. The team that picked number 11 last year was the Minnesota Vikings, who went 7-9. and nine. So, I, well, so they're picking seven, in the top 10. Yeah, well, right. No, they're picking in the fucking top 10. You're wrong. Unless uh, everyone loses this year. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, will, they will look a lot better than last year. They'll look a lot more competitive. Uh, I don't know. Maybe week 15 they'll like beat Green Bay. Yeah. Like I'm not that, that optimistic. Right? No, 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 no. Just, just one of those flute games, like the you know. The, I figured the flute game was gonna be like Pittsburgh, not Green Bay. Like when the Rams beat Denver this year. Yes, yeah, or last year, yeah. Last year, or when the Rams beat the Seahawks last year. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's division. That's, that's always the, the Rams always yeah. play the Seahawks hard. Yeah, shit happens this year. I don't saying they're gonna have one big surprise win against some teams. Uh, they're gonna, you know, resemble a competent NFL offense for for first time in a decade. Yeah, I mean they they're gonna play first to forty and they're gonna lose a lot of times. Um, I'm gonna say five and eleven, but like, uh, wow, they look good while they went five and eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nick, what about you? And I don't I don't mean that facetiously. Yeah, I mean, like, they're looking good while losing a lot of close games. I, I, yeah, I've been happen. saying good things about them this whole time. But I don't see them beating Green Bay unless, like, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, and Eddie Lacy are in the same rollover accident. You know, I, I just don't see that. And, and, and even then, the defense might like, stop Derek Carr from scoring any Right, points. maybe. Yeah, yeah the defense isn't bad. I really would like them to do better, because I really want the Raiders to no longer be a laughing stock. Um, looking at the beginning of the season, they could probably beat Cleveland, as they are a laughing stock. Chicago's beatable, but I don't know if it's Raiders at Chicago beatable. They're going to beat the Jets and the Tennessee, maybe. Yeah, ten, well, Tennessee and, and Oakland. Oakland's awful. Both, I think Oakland's actually better than Tennessee. They yeah. look like they should be on paper. I'm, I'm with Kevin, though. I think they're going to be a 5-11, and 11, but a good-looking 5-11. and 11. That's, yeah, you know, like, that's at least an improvement. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, taking a look at what we have for uh, the potentials, 
based on our, all of our predictions, and this will just be really quick because we're already over time. Yeah. Looks like we have Denver as the number one seed. They, they, yeah. We have them projected going an average of 12-4. and four, I agree. And we have the... Patriots we have the as Pat- the number two. Patriots yeah. is the yeah. number two. Colts is the number three. And either the Steelers or the Ravens as the number four seed. Ravens. And Yeah, well, I mean, that just is like flip of the coins. Whoever win- whoever doesn't get the division there yeah. ends up going to the Steelers. And uh, looks like we have three teams going from the AFC North going to the playoffs again this year. because no, Yeah, exactly, right? Because no team... Uh, from the AFC West really got there, but no matter what, it means the the Bengals would be the sixth seed. So Denver would get a free, uh, uh, you know, who would get the free pass then? It would be the Colts would get another free pass at the divisional round because uh, they would be uh, playing the Bengals at the sixth seed. It'll be a flip of, uh, uh, you know, or actually be exactly well, like it I mean, was last I, year. If, unless Kansas City goes ten and six, like yeah, I said they will. Well, but we're taking the average, and Kevin said nine and seven, so okay. we ruined that okay. dream. So, <laughs> all right, um, final words about the AFC West. Kevin, go ahead. All right, but final words about the AFC West. Uh, Denver could possibly regress a little bit this year. The people who say that aren't incorrect. But remember, Denver won the division by three games last year, and they basically walked through the last quarter of the season. <laughs> like They won the division by three games, basically playing three quarters of a season. Mm-hmm. So they absolutely have room to regress. Um, if there is a team that has a chance of making a run to supplant them, it is the Chiefs, and the Raiders... Um, will look better this year. And the Chargers will end their unremarkable run in San Diego with an unremarkable season. season. Yeah. Nick? Meh. Um, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing! No, yeah, Denver's going to... I think Denver's going to play well. They're, obviously, that goes without saying. Their defense is crazy. Um, and I, Like I said before, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are going to play well. I think both of those two are going to be in, in pretty hard contenders for this division. I really hope that for some something crazy happens and Oakland does better than San Diego. <laughs> no, that would make that me be so amazing. Happy. Wouldn't that be just the greatest thing? Like San Diego just becomes this crazy. And I want, well, you mean the Chargers because uh, there won't be uh, San sorry, Diego sorry, next the season. Chargers. And I hope no one on the Chargers gets injured and they just get their asses stopped. Still, like it's not like oh we lost our alignment, so there's no excuse that Chargers fans could make for why they're getting horribly beaten. Mm-hmm. Oh man! That like every bad. game's yeah. like that thirty-seven-zero game in Miami. Well, not just not yeah, that bad. They're not going to go in sixteen. I know they'll be the first team in NFL history that doesn't score a point all year. <laughs> <laughs> what if no, Philip Rivers gets his contract? Just goes screw it and starts throwing it to the opposing team's cornerback. Then that's just that would be a fantastic dream and be a great way to say like get out of here, you bums. But in reality, they're just going to have an unremarkable season. It's yeah. just it's going to be kind of like they're not going they're going to go out with a. Phew, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 that, and that's it. No, I think that the the Raiders are going to look better. Yeah, I go. mean uh, Broncos. Uh, you guys have said the same thing. I think the Chargers are going to regress because they didn't address a damn thing. Nope. They got Melvin Gordon, but your running attack wasn't the problem. It was the fact that you have no front seven, and your offensive line clearly wasn't that good when you were getting your running backs chewed the hell up last season. And also, if Melvin Gordon does get injured or is bad, your uh, other options aren't that great. You have a bunch of old wide receivers, and yeah, it's a it's a recipe for regression. It's not going to be, and it's going to be basically at the complete hands of, of Tom Telesco in terms of the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to easily take second place in the division. Just how by how much they do it is uh, 
is one thing. And then fuck you both for for saying that the Raiders are going five and eleven because I think they're going to do better than that. But yeah. either way, either way, that's going to be better than they've done in the past four seasons. So yeah, I think they'll look good while they go five and eleven. I think yeah. I mean, the problem is is that they went from having the the toughest schedule in the NFL to the fifth toughest schedule in the NFL. It's not like things have gotten any easier for Oakland. No, nope. uh, I think next year though they're going to have both Souths. So. Yeah. There's a good chance for improvement there. All right, that's going to do it for uh, the entire AFC, actually. Next time yeah. we're going to talk about the NFC East with the Cowboys. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, oh. The Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, and the Washington professional football team. Lots to talk about there. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot to talk about. That's what that huh was. That wasn't like the AFC South. Like I know. It's like they gonna... finally get to talk about teams. Well, you weren't here for the AFC North discussion, so no, that's, that's your problem. Anyways, for, for Kevin and Nick, I'm Mark Hagan. Thanks a lot for listening. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at WaspCast or on SoundCloud at WaspCast. And we'll be on iTunes shortly. So yeah, and let me know why the Chiefs mascot is a wolf that wears mom pants. <laughs> exactly. Please. We'll, we'll see you next time for the NFC East on the WaspCast. Take it easy.